Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Elhamdülillahirrabbilalemin. Sallallahu barak. Ala ashrafil anbiya wa mursalin. Nabiyyina Muhammad. Wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallama taslimu kathira. Amma ba'd. Alhamdulillah. In our previous lesson, we were discussing the chapter pertaining to At-Tayammum. And the rulers mentioned to Tayammum. And how it's performed in it is a sifa to Tayammu. And we mentioned some of the shurut that are present as well when performing Tayammu. That there are some specific conditions. And from these conditions were what to remember? What were the conditions? No. Now, so the inability to use water. And what can that mean? What could that what could that uh be comprised? Uh, but how how is there inability to use water is my question. There's no water. So it's inability to use water because it's not there. the water can be half of food in what way? Of the illness and uses, using the water could it could increase the illness or in terms of illness <coughs> something else like that was increase the illness to death yeah, I mean. what else delay the cure delay the the cure could be a means of delay the life now as well as that uh when it comes to not being able to use water, then there are other means as well, or other reasons why a person cannot, would not be able to use water in terms of harm. What's another example that we mentioned as well? Lack of water. Lack of it, what do you mean? <coughs> no. So another example as well is if you have, there's a, is it's not a case that the water in this scenario is ma'adum. Right, so it's not a case in this scenario that there's no water at all. However, there's a small amount of water. Meaning that if you were to use that water, it would be a harm to you due to the fact that you would not be able to purify it yourself. Or you would be able to quench your first rather. So if you use that water, you wouldn't be able to quench your first. And it may cause greater harm in terms of illness in that regard, dehydration. And anything else. So that's, yani, Shekhal Am, generally speaking, that is the first condition as to when you make Tayyamun. The second? Not performed before its time. Now, so then we have the mention of the, the time as well. That the Tayyamun is mentioned, or the, the, the Tayyamun is performed in its correct time. No, I'm not telling you that Tiyama was performed at the correct time. And what discussion do we have, do we have around the time? Let me just ask you more about that. In terms of time itself. Is that absolute? Do we say, okay, khalas, the person must perform Tiyama within its time? I had the time for the salah. No. My father. If you're performing a nafila prayer, then? There's no time restriction for the for the uh the tayapo. You can make tayapo before its time or at its time. Why? You can make tayapo before its time or at its time. You can make tayapo before its time or at its time. Because it takes the place of wudu, which you can do that with. No. So essentially, the reason why you're performing tayapo. Is because it takes the place of the wudu. It's in place of wudu, and so as we know, with the wudu, you perform the wudu at any time. Now you perform the wudu at any time, and there are two specific rulings when it comes to performing wudu, which we mentioned. And they were what? Performing before its time, which is actually sunnah. Now, so performing the salah before it's time, which is the actual sunnah. And the second? Um, 
and proven that it's time was an obligation. That I feel that it's time is an obligation. So, at, so this is the ruling when it comes to, to performing wudu. So if now we're saying that Tiyam is in the place of wudu, then it will take on the ahkam of that as well. It will take on the rulings that are for the wudu. Does it make sense? Jay. Um, however, if the person was to perform the tayammum before the time of the salah, and then the time of the salah comes and they find water, then they have to make wudu. Now, then they have to perform wudu. Because at this point, it cannot be said that they can perform tayammum because the reason or the nadir illa for that other, for that exception for them to perform tayammum is no longer there. So what was ever, what the reason why they could perform tayammum is no longer there. And so that, is, uh, in this scenario, they have to perform the wudu. And we equated that, we mentioned uh, something similar to that as well, which was what? Fasting. Fasting and? What, 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 what is specific about fasting? Traveling, so, and what, what did we discuss about it? So if a person, if the person breaks his fast and he's traveling, and then he returns to his residence during the Nahar of Ramadan, during the day of Ramadan, for example, or during the day of an obligatory fast, then, in this scenario, he must continue to fast. Now, because the reason for him breaking that fast is no longer there. The reason for him breaking the fast is no longer there. Now, does it make sense so far? And so this is the same thing that we're discussing with the Tayyamu. Now, the third condition was what? Intention. The person's intention. Now that they have the intention to perform the Tayyamu. Uh, so they have the intention to perform a tayam. So they, like any action of ibadah, you must have the intention to, to do that action and to, for it to do it, be an action of ibadah. And that it's not a case that they're merely just performing an action. So, uh, along with that as well? Using the earth, which is pure. Using the earth, which is pure as well. Using the pure earth. So, as for the, the affair of the the actual tayammum itself and its sifa, then how is it performed? How do you perform tayammum? Strike, strike the earth. Don't hurt yourself. Don't hurt yourself. Don't, don't make a mess. And then, uh, wipe over the face. And then wipe over the face and wipe over the hands. Wipe over the hands and wipe over the face. What about the best one? Okay. So we can do with all of this, all this color. The difference was with the you do the face first. That was related back to Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. The hands first was related to the Sahab Sahaba, but it wasn't. Um, it, there was no narration from Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam to do with that. To do with the hands first. <coughs> So what are we saying then in terms of the sifa of wudu? So up to the... So in terms of what... Before we get to that... Okay. Your palms, okay. That's the palms. The excess dust off them. So the face and then the hand. Okay. The best man. What about the best man? Is is a good question. It's first. So after intention, you say the best man. In terms of the best man, then in relation to that, then it's uh, it's not something mentioned as a specific sifa uh, from the sifat of the of the tiyamum, as it is for the rule, for example, or as it is for the the rusul. However, no doubt, any action a person does, it begins with the best man of Allah's. Now, so we say, wipe the face and wipe the hands. But we have a narration that says, wipe the hands and wipe the face. Yeah, wipe, wipe the 
We have a relationship that says wipe the hands and wipe the face. Now, so what we said is what? What was the conclusion we came to? That there is no specific team, no specific order when it comes to performing the tayyamum. So when it comes to performing the tayyamum, you can wipe the, the hands and then the face. You wipe the face and you wipe the hands. Now, you, you, you do evil. So, uh, going then, finally, what we were discussing as well, and Brother uh, uh, Abu Muhammad inadvertently entered into the masala, is in relation to where do you wipe, which parts of the hands do you wipe? Do you wipe up to the elbow, up to the wrist? Saying the wrist, everyone's saying the wrist. Why? Because the, the hadith that was narrated from the Prophet, narrated from the Prophet, mentioned up to the wrist. Right, up to the wrist, okay. So the one that was narrated, it was from, a, it was narrated as a narration which was, remember the terminology? Mokuf. A narration, a narration in reality was Mokuf. So, Mokuf meaning what? That it's ascribed to whom? The Sahabi. Naam. So the narration is ascribed to the Sahabi. Whilst the narration which is Marfur is, is ascribed to whom? The Prophet. The Prophet. So when we say it's Mokuf, then uh, no doubt this is a call of Sahabi or Fit of Sahabi. But then we have the call of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam or the Fit of Nabi Alayhi Salatu In this scenario, this Masala, it wipes up to that palm, that to the wrist. And so, if you have a ta'arud, between the call of Nabi, alayhi salatu wasallam, and call of Sahabi, if you have some form of um, contradiction or difference between the speech of the Messenger of Allah, sallam, and the speech of our companion, then of course, which takes precedence? Is that, is that of? Nabi, alayhi salatu wasallam. That was, that's what takes precedence. So, what else? Is a proof of that as well that we wipe with the hand, uh, wipe concerning the hand. And I, uh, so the word, the word in, 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 of the ayah regarding the fact the similar to the wudu. So now there was. فَذَلِكَ <تصفيق> He mentions يعني, the elbows. And so what we understand from this is that whenever the word yed or aidi, whenever the word hand atlak is mentioned just as the hand, then it's referring to the hand up to the wrist. Right? And so when the word aidi, the word يعني, hand referring to the hands, is mentioned within this ayah here, then with this ayah is referring to the hands up to, or the arm up to the elbow, because the elbow is actually mentioned when talking about the eye of wudu. How do we know that it's referring to, when you, when you just mentioned hand, it's referring to the, up to the wrist, why? What is the proof that we know? The eye referring to the sadiq, sadiq. Asarik or Sarikat. Yeah, so referring to the one, the, the thief, the male thief, female thief. That Allah Ta'ala mentions the cutting of the hand. But as what is affirmed by way of cutting of the hand in this regard is to the wrist. And that is not cutting of the whole arm, forearm. Jayyid. So, in, first, in terms of tayammum, then it's up to the wrist. As for today, then, and Allah knows best, I doubt we will 
complete to the the bab. But alhamdulillah, no rush. But as for today, we intend, inshallah ta'ala, to begin uh, a bab, bab al hayd So the chapter referring to menstruation. And if we were to be completely upfront and honest, it's a chapter which is has difficulty with it. Now it's a chapter which and it has masail which have difficulty within them. To the extent that Imam Ahmad rahimahullah he mentions that I studied this affair of al hayd yani the the rulers related to menstruation, for nine years before I began to understand it. So, it's one, there, there are intricacies in them. I mean, Charlotte will try to read, the, read through some of them, aside in the, in the manner which is as, um, as concise as possible and simplified as possible, so that we can all, inshallah, benefit and understand these, uh, these Messiahs, inshallah. And so, the first thing mentioned in terms of Bab al the chapter of menstruation, is yamna, wa yamna ashra ashya. And so, menstruation prevents the woman from ten things. Ten things. Fi'l al-salah, wa wujubiha, وَفِعْلَ الصيام والتواف وقراءة القرآن ومسح المصحف واللبث في المسجد والوطع في الفرج وصنة الطلاق وإعتداد بالأشهر So, it prevents from ten things as mentioned. It prevents from ten things. And so, uh, Ibn Qudam, he mentions these ten things. He mentions the first two, which are together. He mentions the first two together. So he mentions the salah, wa wujubiha. So he mentions the salah first. I don't mention to him perform the salah. Wa wujubiha. Naam. And so the salah, that's clear. That the woman cannot perform the salah. <coughs> and this is due to the state of the message of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in the hadith mutafakan alayhi. Where he mentions Ida Akbalti al Haida Fadai al Salah. And so he mentions if you have you the woman begins her menses, if you begin your menses, then leave the prayer. I leave off performing the salah. Does that make sense? Jade. So that's the first thing. The second the second is that it's upon her to leave off wujubiha. What's meant by what is the the I mean of wujubiha? Nah, but what is this in relation to the salah? Tahara. 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 Something with relation to the wujud obligation. If you leave it off, leave off that which it obligates you as well. You don't have to make it So you have to leave that you leave off the salah and you do not perform yani qada. You don't perform the qada for the salah. And why is this mentioned? What's what's the significance of mentioning this? Why is it significant to mention this? 
Sanctity. Because when it comes to the fasting, there is Qadr. Now, so even if she's, the woman is upon her menses, then she doesn't <coughs> fast, then it's upon her to make up that fast. That's upon her to make up, make up that fast. And so, this is based upon the narration uh, of Aisha, radiallahu anha, which mentions, كُنَّا النُّحِيدَ عَلَىٰ أَحْدِ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهِ وَسَلَّمَ فَنُؤْمَرُ بِقَضَاءِ الصَّوْمِ وَلَا نُؤْمَرُ بِقَضَاءِ الصَّلَةِ This is hadith again, mutafakan alayhi. And so, she mentions, radiallahu anha, that we were, in, at the time of the Messenger of Allah, صلى الله عليه وسلم, we would uh, begin our menses, would have our menses at the time of the Prophet, of the Messenger of Allah, صلى الله عليه وسلم. And we were commanded with making up the fasts. However, we were not commanded with making up the prayer. And so these two are mentioned together. I will make the, the, the affair of the Salah is mentioned, as well as the affair of the Siyam, the fasting. Thereafter, It mentions وَفِعَلَ السِّيَامِ وَفِعَلَ السِّيَامِ And so the fasting woman again is prevented from fasting. I, the the, the menstruating woman rather is prevented from fasting. What's the proof of that? The menstruator is, pre is, pre is, pre is prevented from fasting. Now, what's the proof though? Hadith that is mentioned Hadith that actually just mentioned. No, Hadith that actually just mentioned. So, sometimes, <laughs> we're on it. <laughs> sometimes the answer is right in front of you. Now, if you're writing nonsense. So, the, uh, the hadith, or the proof is the hadith of Aisha, where she mentions that we would begin our message in the time, or would have our message in the time of the, the message of Allah, وسلم, and we were commanded to make up our fast, and we were not commanded to make up our prayer. Likewise, as well, we have a hadith, again, uh, narrated by Aisha, anha, where it mentions, Alaysa ihdaakun, إذا حادت لم تصوم ولم تصلي قلنا بلى. And so it mentions that was it not the case that if one of you were to begin the menses that you were to be upon the menses that you would not fast nor pray. And so thus we said بلى. Rather it is true. And this is a narration found in Sahih Bukhari. So we have the Salah, Qadha, Fasting. After that, what is mentioned as well is a tawaf That the fasting woman is prevented from performing the, rather, the, the menstruating woman, sorry, is prevented from performing the tawaf. And performing the tawaf at the Kaaba. And I guess, I'm hoping everyone knows what tawaf is. Now, where we, where we uh, circle around the Kaaba seven times. And the proof of that, again, is Hadith Aisha. We mentions that the Prophet وسلم, said to her, إذا حدتي فافعلي ما يفعل الحاج غير أن لا يتوفي أو لا تتوفي بالبيت حتى يتحري وتتحري حديث متفق عليه and so, the narration mentions, the narration of Aisha, that if you were to begin the mentions, 
then do the actions that the Hajj does, yeah, the pilgrim would perform. I saw perform the monastical Hajj, perform the rituals, the rites of Hajj. Except, or other than, rather, other than the Tawaf. I, so you perform all the rites of Hajj, except for you performing Tawaf. Until you, Naam, until you purify yourself, until you become pure. And so this is the narration of uh, Aisha. The narration of Aisha. The next thing mentioned is Qiraatul Quran. The recitation of Quran. That the woman upon her mercies should not recite Quran. However, the narration that meant that narration that is used for this as a proof is a narration, the following narration. لا تقرأ الحائد ولا جنب شيئا من القرآن That the one that is menstruating nor the one that is junab the one that is uh, in the state of Janaba should recite anything from Quran. Now this narration, Barakallahu Fikum, is a narration which is da'if. So it's a narration which is found in uh, the Sunan of Abu Dawood and likewise Sunan of Tirmidhi. However, as Shaykh al-Nabani mentioned in his book, Al-Irwa Al-Ghalil, that this is a narration which is da'if. And he mentions that there, this, this narration, there are three turuk. I said three different asanid. Each one of them has, has weakness within them. Now, each one of them has weakness within them. Uh, so this was outlined by Al-Albani, Urhimahullah. And so, based upon that, we can't build a hukum upon it. Based upon the fact that the narration is weak, we cannot build and base a hukum in a particular ruling upon that. Thereafter, you have a mess, al Mushafi. The call he Subhanahu wa Taala, la yamusuhu illa mutatah, illa mutataharun. And so, then you have the one, I the one that is menstruating that she is prevented from touching the mushaf. Preventing from touching the mushaf. This is due to the ayah, inshallah ta'ala states that they should not touch it except for those that, in, that are in a state of purity. And so this is, within this ayah, is a clear indication of the fact that the individual cannot Na'am perform or cannot touch the mushaf in the taste of purity. And so if the woman is menstruating, then of course she's not going to be in uh, a state of purity. Na'am she's not going to be in a state of purity. Allah Ta'ala knows best. Thereafter, emotions masjid, that she stays in the masjid. That she stays in the masjid. And this is mentioned as also something which is something that prevents the woman from the when she's menstruating that she's prevented from this. And
now. And so, again, there's a, the, the proof which is used is the narration, La uhilla al masjid lil haid. Yeah, I do not permit the masjid I, or, or attending of the masjid for the woman that is menstruating. This narration is again found in Sunan Abi Dawood. However, again, there's that <coughs> with it. Now, there's, there's a weakness within this narration. And so, again, each of these, these chains, there's weakness within it. And again, so we wouldn't say that we can build a ruling upon that, that particular narration. Um, thereafter, the Qudai mentions, well, what are all of the Yani that the menstruating woman is prevented from sexual relations. Yani sexual relations when it comes to the halal or itian, the zoja, where the person approaches the woman where Allah Ta'ala has permitted. Now, where Allah Ta'ala has permitted, Allah. And so this is also prevented for the menstruating woman. Da'am. And this is due to the state of Allah Tabarakwa Ta'ala, فَاَتَّجِلُوا النِّسَاءَ فِي الْمَحِيدِ وَلَا تَقْرَبُوهُنَّ حَتَّى يَتَحْرُمْ And this is due to the state of Allah Tabarakwa Ta'ala, and stay away from the nisa, or do not approach the women, whilst they are in a state of menstruating. And do not approach them until they purify themselves. And so, again, you have another narration that also supports this. And it is the narration where it mentions, the Prophet mentions, it's not called the shay illa nikah. Where the Prophet says, I do everything in terms of the, the actions or relations between the husband and wife, do everything except for a nikah. Really, the actual um, sexual relations. And so this narration here is found in, is found in Sunnah Dawood and also in uh, Muslim as well, which is narrated by Anas ibn Malik. So the Nabi alayhi salatu mentions, and so do all the actions except for a nikah. The wording of nikah here refer, is referring to the actual sexual relations. The word nikah is referring to marital relations here in, this, in relation to this particular hadith. And thereafter as well, it mentions Wasunna Naam Wasunna Tultalak. And the Sunna of Tolak. What do you think is mentioned why this is mentioned here? What is meant by this here? Why is it mentioned Sunnah of Talaq? The period of Talaq? The period of Talaq? No. She can't be divorced when she's on the message. She can't be divorced when she's on the message. So why mention Sunnah specifically though? Because there's a bid'ah. Because there is a Talaq which is bid'ah. Naam. So while she's on her message, she, can, she cannot be divorced. And she cannot be divorced, but her husband cannot divorce the woman on the menses. And it be regarded as being, being a sunnah. Naam, the sunnah talaq. It can be bid'i talaq. So a man could divorce a wife whilst on the menses. And now this is bid'a. And from what the 
there's a discussion on whether it actually counts as uh, as a genuine divorce. And for what's apparently allowed to Alan's best, then it actually does count as a divorce. So, if the person, if the man was to divorce his wife while she was on her menses, then this first and foremost, this would be an action of bid'ah. This is bid'ah talak. Yeah, and it's an innovative action from in terms of divorce. So it's blameworthy. He's blameworthy in that regard. However, it does not now mean that he the, the talaq has, does not occur. So it does not now mean that there, 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 is not, there isn't a talaq. Rather, the talaq does occur. Naam, the talaq does occur. However, the person is blameworthy. So if the person was to divorce the wife while she was on her menses, then all of the ahkam for any talaq would would be would apply in this regard, in this scenario. Now, all of the ahkam for the talaq would apply in this particular scenario. For example, if the person was to divorce the wife whilst on the menses, then upon him at that point in time would be to live with her for that period of time, for the, the period of three months. Now, whilst whether or not he takes her back in that, in, in that period is, you know, depending on that, uh, every situ, situation or scenario. However, that period will begin from then. Likewise, um, if it was, as referred to as a talaq ba'in, where it was the final talaq, then this, this would still be uh, the case and the person would, uh, the man would have to leave the wife and he would not be able to take her back unless she marries again. Unless she was to marry again and consummate that marriage as well. And so this is uh, what is mentioned in relation to that. And now, then after that, we have Wetidad bi Ashur. And so, likewise as well, the idda for this woman applies with the months. Now, so her the period applies with the months and it's based upon the, 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 her menses. So we do not now say, for example, when we say the woman is divorced and there are, there's her idda period for three months, we don't literally count three months. Now, rather, the Ibra is with her menses. So it's three menstrual cycles. Now, it's three menstrual cycles. Because from the hikam, from the, some of the wisdoms and from the reasons why we have this particular idda, is what? What's one of the reasons why we have the, this idda period? Because of pregnancy. Now, to ensure that this woman that has been divorced is not pregnant. Now, so of course, pregnancy would be attached to, or, or would there's a link between pregnancy and menstruation. There's a link between pregnancy and menstruation. So hence, there's three menstrual cycles to ensure that there's no pregnancy. Because it's possible that the woman may be pregnant. And still have still menstruate for a period of time. Naam. So there's three menstrual cycles that are given to ensure that this isn't the case. Now does it make sense, Sikwan? Jayan. So thereafter, Ibn Qadama mentions but he's like Qata Adam. And so, thereafter it mentions as well that when the blood is cut off, when the blood stops, it stops bleeding, and the menstruation stops, 
that it's permissible for her to fast and it's permissible to divorce her. <coughs> However, it's not permissible for the rest of the actions until she performs the ghusl. Now, the rest of these actions are not permissible until she performs the ghusl. Does that make sense, Ikhwan? And it is permissible that the man approaches his wife and enjoys his wife in any action other than, as we refer to again, a nikah, yani the actual sexual relations. And so he can physically enjoy his wife, however, not in not when it comes to marital relations. And this is due to, as mentioned, the narration where the Prophet ﷺ states that do whatever you wish, now, or do everything that he will, you wish with her, other than nikah, yani the, uh, the marital relations. And this narration here, this, uh, this particular narration specifically, is a narration which is based upon a kissa. It has a particular story to it as well. And it's a story about when a man approaches the message of Allah, or two men approach the message of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, asking him what is permissible for a man to do with his wife whilst I, she is menstruating. And so the Nabi alayhi salatu responds with these specific words, now as we mentioned within this hadith. Now he mentions these specific words that are found within this narration. So, thereafter, Ibn Qudam mentions, وَأَقَلُّ الْحَيْدِ يَوْمٌ وَلَيْلًا وَأَكْثَرُهُ خَمْسَةَ وَعَشْرَ يَوْمًا Naam, and so, the least amount of time that a woman could be can be regarded as being menstruating is for one day and one night. Whilst the most would be considered as 15 days, 15 particular days. وَأَقَلْ وَأَقَلْ and so the least amount of time that can occur between two menstruation cycles or not between two periods is 13 days and there's no a particular amount for the most amount of time that can occur between them. So the least amount of time between two menstrual cycles will be 13 days. However, there is no maximum amount. Why? Pregnancy. Pregnancy. Now, because we cannot now say, for example, that if the woman doesn't have her menstrual cycle, her menstrual period, after X amount of days, then she just has to stop praying. Or she has to stop fasting. Even if there's no sign of a menstrual, of a menstrual period. Naam. And likewise as well, as we mentioned, pregnancy is something that, end, that will stop the menstrual period for a period of months. And it's possible that, that that period will stop for a period of months and thereafter as well, the, the breastfeeding will stop it for even longer. So, it's understood that there, there's no upper limit, there's no maximum as well when it comes to that. 
نعم and so when it comes to the least amount going back to the least amount there is the least amount of time that I put that is regarded the woman could be upon the period as well one day one day and one night now one day and one night why is that why do we say one day and one night During the sleep, that's not the reason though. That can happen at any point, I guess. If it happens in a day, count the night as well. Why is it? Why is we? Say, why are we saying that this is the least amount? So one day, one night. It's actually not one night. Uh, so it's determined that actually in the minutes, rather than just that. So, so what does it determine the minutes? That's one thing. Something to do about something we mentioned earlier on as well, though. It's in relation to the, the fact that there's specific ahkam that are related to the menstruated woman that will occur within the day. More specifically, the salah. And so because she's, she's prevented from praying the salah, then this is something which is, uh, encompasses the, the whole day. And so we wouldn't say that the menstruation would occur is for X amount of hours, for example. But rather, combining between what we mentioned and what uh, uh, Ahmed just mentioned as well, that you have the... She's prevented from praying, and also she has to determine if it's still the menstruation. And so if it comes to an end, so after one day, one night, that she discovers that she's no longer bleeding, then in this scenario, she would stop, uh, or she would continue to, to follow those actions. Naam, that the message prevents her from. However, because there are specific actions that will occur within the day and the night, this is why this is given as the least amount of time. Does it make sense? Now, for the specific actions. And so, this is what we understand from the, the least and... Um, now. And that's for the most, we'll go, we're going to discuss that next lesson, inshallah, in more detail, as for the, the larger amounts of time and the time between the periods, as we just discussed. Wallahu ta'ala a'lam. Jazakallah khaira. Wa barakallahu feekum. Wa sallallahu barak ala nabina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi sallam. No. No. So what's apparent is that they, they can't attend the, the Masajid, but if so, as the narration is dark in the narration. But um, generally speaking, what we'd understand from that is that she the, the woman shouldn't come for for any any reason or just any general reason. But if there's a if there's a dying, if there's a need for her to attend, Allah actually can attend. No, what's apparent? Woman that doesn't stay in the house after talaq. Uh, now she's it's, it's blameworthy, and essentially this is something which um, many 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 people fall into, where they will divorce, or the man will state the divorce, and regard that as being the end of the marriage. Naam. So in that regard, for example, in this day and age, divorce, you may divorce the wife, delete her number, block her WhatsApp, block everything up, and that's the end. But the reality is, that's just the beginning of the process. So when he has pronounced the divorce, that's just the beginning of a process. And from that process is that he, they must live together and he must still fulfill her rights. 
for the period of three months. My three menstrual cycles. And and Sheikh uh, Al-Amin also mentioned to him Allah that it's upon uh, it's upon her as well to beautify herself in the home for the husband in this scenario and so what we understand what generally happens mentioned is that the person will mention the divorce or the wife will ask for the divorce and get the divorce and leave at that point. And this is blameworthy, it's blameworthy. Because this particular idda is there for a benefit. The one of the benefits we mentioned earlier to ensure that the woman's not pregnant. Also from the benefits as well is a means of guaranteeing or seeking to guarantee that the person is sure that they know what they're doing. Because what is the common scenario, in terms of divorcing, what is a common scenario is that the divorce is pronounced, and it can be, can be pronounced in terms of a heat of a situation. Heat of anger, argument, whatever else. Now, but not anger where, the, where it's not even, where it's not regardless of being in divorce. Now, some, may, some people try to claim that I was angry. As Imam Sa'adi mentioned, subhanAllah, that who doesn't divorce except in the state of anger. So it has to be extreme anger. But in this scenario, and this, uh, the scenario I'm mentioning now is one which plays out on a common basis. That there's a, heat of the, there's, a heat, there's a heated argument or heated dispute and possibly one or both parties not fearing Allah. What ends up happening is that they both, or the, the, the husband pronounces a divorce. The woman leaves and goes to wherever she goes to, maybe back to her family, generally speaking. Now, first and foremost, she's meant to stay in the home for that period of time. Secondly, all that is going to occur, what generally occurs, is that the shaitan is going to play upon that separation. So the shaitan is going to take advantage of the fact that they're separate from one another. They're going to take advantage of the fact that the husband's in one place, the wife's in one place. When you watch Swiss as old, when you watch Swiss as old, so he gives the, the waswas, he gives, uh, when it comes to the, the husband, whisper to him. Can't believe she said that in the argument. Can't believe this. Can't believe that. I wish it was to the wife. That's a shame. Can't believe I actually divorced you with X, Y, Z. So it builds up greater animosity. Uh, so it, it builds up now uh, an affair of anger, hatred between the spouses. So if, however, now, both of these parties, the same scenario, both of these parties, are well aware of the shara, well aware of legislation, and so they both remain within the home. Then there's three months for them, if they're both sincere, to try and rectify that whatever's caused them to reach that point. Now, if, for example, now they reach the point of the three months expiring, they lived in the same home together. There was every opportunity, an ample opportunity to reconcile. They still don't reconcile. At that point, you could be like, you could say, you know what? We just shouldn't be together. No, we this shouldn't, this shouldn't be. This is this is not something which is good for me, good for you. As people generally say at point eight, it's not good for me, it's not good for you, I'm going back here, or you go here, and whatever else. No. Rather, it should be a case that they they follow this particular process that has been outlined by the Deen of Islam for Hikmah. So if now, for example, the wife says, I really can't stand him, or the husband says, I really can't stand her, if after three months of knowing that a divorce or separation is imminent, you still are not together, then you really, were truly, you couldn't stand them. And at that point, you can... You can say, look on the we can separate. But of course, separate in an amicable way, of course, as well. 
Allah's idols. But so it's important that uh, the short answer to your question is that now nah, they're blameworthy. But in, in, in more details, you mentioned that it's something that people need to avoid as well. Because generally speaking, we want to avoid anything which is which is mukhalif and sharp. We want to avoid anything which opposes the deen and opposes the sharia. Because no doubt the sharia has only come for our benefit as insan. There's nothing within the sharia which is our, to our detriment. It's all for our benefit. And we're not warning against something except that, that thing that we're warning against is to our detriment as ultimately. Even if it seems to be something good for us. So that's uh, something which you know a lot of people need to take heed of. But not Allah knows best. The scholars differ when it comes to the, the husband and if you pronounce the divorce three times in one go. Some of them say no, it, it's uh it's it's all three count. Some say no, it's one. It's just one. Now, from what is apparent, it goes back to his intent. Right? So if, for example, and this first and foremost, if you pronounce it all three in one go with the intent of three, there's bidah. It's been that it's, innov- it's an innovative practice. However, again, just as we were referring to the husband divorcing the wife on the menses, it doesn't now mean that it doesn't occur. It doesn't mean that the, the, the divorce is not still valid. So if the husband was to divorce the wife with the intent of three times, so it says it three times, it meaning three times, then in this scenario, it occurs three times. Now, I'm sorry, it occurs three times. And then, of course, this, this means now that He's not able to marry her again and to take her back unless she remarries and consummates that marriage. If, however, his intent when he's mentioning this is uh, emphasis. So he's emphasising just the first point. Right? The, fir- the first talak that he's mentioning. Then it's, it goes back to that intent and it's, a, it's just one. But of course it's upon him to fear a lie in that regard. So first and foremost, fear Allah upon what he's saying, what he states on the tongue, and fear Allah and be truthful in what he state what he states is what's his intent. Because if, for example, this affair was raised to someone that is judging in that matter, and he says, "I didn't intend it," but really he did intend it. Of course, it's an evil affair. So it goes back to what he intended in, in that regard. And Allah, Allah Taala was best. So. Generally speaking, if he does it three times, he tends three times, which does occur now, where the person is not aware of uh, the ahkam of talaq, the, the rulings of talaq. And so what ends up happening is that he'll state it three times, thinking that this is the correct way to divorce. Not realising that he's ended up divorcing her three times without the need to do so. And so in that scenario, then it's blameworthy again because it's bid'ah. And secondly, it does occur. It, it does. It does. It is valid for three, all three times. It did the three times. So it's a it's a must that the person uh, adheres to that. And likewise, just as a side point, that no doubt it's always important to study when we we anything we're going to do in our lives in terms of ibad, in terms of our deen, that we study it and we understand it. So we're gonna we're going to pray. We study, understand the the, the importance of the prayer, the sifat of salah, how we pray. If we're going to, uh, we're coming upon Ramadan, we want to study the ahkam of Ramadan, the real rule is referring to fasting. Marriage as well. Marriage is no different. That we study the rules of marriage. We study the rights of the wife, the rights of the husband. We study as, as men, we study the rights of the wife and the husband. Why? Because we study the rights of the husband so we know what is due to us as husbands. When we get married and we become husbands. And we study the rights of the wives so we know what is upon us to give to our wives. Now, we studied, we studied these things and we, we should be well aware of these things. What I'd mention as a, as a point to this as well is that people need to study a talaq with that as well. Study the affair of divorce along with that. Not because they are seeking to get divorced, of course not. But, like anything, you want to avoid it. And so you want to be from those that have musira in that regard. You have some clear insight and clear understanding of divorce so that you avoid it. And you're not from those individuals that end up in scenarios which are plentiful as well, 
where you say that I was in this scenario and I was in that scenario and I said this, is this a divorce? Or I said this to my wife in anger, was that a divorce? And so you should always be well aware of the ahkam before entering into it. And as well, of course, upon the principle, upon the principle as well, that in order to have a full and uh, complete understanding of something, you must understand what opposes it. So if you want to fully understand a successful marriage and everything else, you must also understand the ahkam that opposes it, which is divorce. Allah knows best. No. No. We mentioned ten things, which is uh, for the hajj. Ashram, ashram, the hajj of my fault. You said that two of them are weak. In the hadith, weak. Meaning that is not the the فما ما نستطيع أن نقول الحكم أم نقول الحكم هكذا إذا إذا كان الحكم بناء على حديث ضعيف. Brothers asking that you mentioned from these ten that two of them mentioned that there was a hadith ضعيف. So then what is the what do we do with that basically? What is apparent is that if there is a hadith which is ضعيف, we cannot now say that we're going to base a ruling upon a hadith ضعيف. So we're not going to we're not going to we can't accept that these particular or these two things. Are from the uh, things that are prevented from the menstruating woman. And that knows best. Are they just mentioned because they're like common? No, that, that might be the opinion of the, the, the author. Now, that's his opinion. But it doesn't, but the reality is that there's dark in that hadith, so that we can't act on. Okay. حياكم الله وصلى الله وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم